for me, it's really important to take the path less well-traveled. Kind of, I, I want my music to be different to an extent, but equally, I want to be true to myself. Hi, my name is Sam Newbold, and you're listening to the Jazz Matters podcast. I'm Darren Harper and thank you for joining me here for episode 41 of the Jazz Matters podcast. It's been a few weeks since the last episode which featured the wonderful Kim Cipher and I wish that short gap was down to laziness but the truth is that things have been a bit crazy but in a good way and it's because live gigs with real audiences are about to become an actual thing again here in the UK. And things have gone into overdrive with more projects in the pipeline than I ever thought likely. But here we are, episode 41, and this time it's all about saxophonist and composer Sam Newbold. We'll be learning all about this Englishman in Amsterdam right after we get a little glimpse of his 2019 debut album with this track called Northern Quarter. Thank you. 
Whilst he may have made a name for himself as a saxophonist, band leader and composer, Sam Newbold's introduction to music actually came through the drums. As a seven-year-old boy, he just liked the idea of being able to hit things that made loud noises, and he soon became obsessed with drumming and percussion. Eventually, his parents relented and enrolled Sam in the local Saturday music school as a percussionist, where he got his first taste of playing music with others, and he started to learn how to read music. Sam carried this enthusiasm into high school, where he heard the big band play and knew he had to be a part of it. He approached the music teacher who ran the band, who turned him down flat, as the one thing that big bands don't have many of is drummers, and the school already had about ten in the line ahead of Sam. However, whilst the teacher may have turned Sam down, he didn't turn him away. In fact, he suggested an alternative that ended up changing the course of Sam's life. The alternative that the music teacher offered, and I guess he must have seen some potential, probably from my blind enthusiasm, was the saxophone. And he said the school would uh, lend me a saxophone to rent if I would like to play in the school big band as a saxophonist. So I took it uh, without thinking and pretty much instantly fell in love with the saxophone. Uh, I remember watching television and just playing along with the jingles as best I could. I remember going out for walks with the dogs um, in all weather conditions, taking the horn with me and just playing for hours on end. I was really obsessed with the saxophone from, uh, from the beginning. I was really lucky also to have lessons at school from a great uh, classical clarinet teacher who played with the Northern Symphonia. Um, and he really imparted some pretty crucial early knowledge uh, about the saxophone to me. Sam's early musical influences actually had very little to do with jazz. Growing up, he was listening to the big rock bands of the time, like Radiohead and Muse. Again, it was only later in his teenage years that his school music teacher started opening his mind to jazz music and sharing some recordings of the greats. Uh, I remember him giving me CDs like Kind of Blue by Miles Davis, he gave me some Count Basie CDs, some Duke Ellington CDs. And I just remember absolutely loving the sound and the power and energy, especially of the, the big bands. Um, and also, I guess, like, I remember listening to Kind of Blue and just being, like, completely blown away by by the power of Coltrane, basically. The, the sort of the rhythmic style and just the stream of notes that seemed to come out of the horn with such energy. It just blew me away. And I think like as I progressed and got involved in playing jam sessions and having sessions with friends and stuff, I think it was pretty natural that I started listening a lot to saxophonists like Cannibal Adderley, Sonny Stitt, Lee Konitz and Sonny Rollins and just sort of really being engrossed in the tradition of those players. I think as time has gone on and I've mixed with different musicians from all over the world, I've become really interested in broader styles beyond jazz. 
this has kind of walked hand in hand with my interest in composing. And I've really got into musicians like Wayne Shorter, uh, 20th century classical musicians like Ravel and Debussy, and finding music like that really powerful. Having said that, I also find I always come back to early influences like Radiohead. So, you know, stuff that I liked when I was younger still plays a really crucial role for me. Sam is most definitely a European musician. Born and bred in North Yorkshire, he eventually travelled to Germany to study in Berlin. He soon realised that he had fallen in love with the European scene and decided to stay on in mainland Europe to continue his studies by joining the Conservatorium Van Amsterdam with its internationally respected saxophone programme. Sam graduated in 2019 and decided to stay in Amsterdam where he still lives today, making the most of a vibrant and diverse music scene and working with musicians from all over the world. But as a musician plying his trade and trying to get his music noticed, are there any disadvantages to basing yourself so far from home? Being a British musician abroad does have its challenges. I think I have to really appeal to an international audience. And as a British musician and writing music that's kind of heavily inspired by my home and my upbringing in the north of England, I have to make sure my feelings about that part of the world resonate with a kind of broader experience um, everybody shares with home and, and what home is all about when we've moved abroad. So I have to kind of gear my promotion and my concept towards a broader group of people than just the British scene, for example. With any young artist trying to develop their own sound, it is always best to work and play with as many different people and with as many different styles as possible. Luckily for Sam, Life in Amsterdam put some really great opportunities his way. It gave him exposure to artists from all over the world who introduced him to new sounds. This was a range of musicians who took in the likes of Chinese pianist Tian Bai, as well as Bernard Van Rossum, who plays with Sam in his own band, but is also the founder of the incredible BVR Flamenco Big Band, which in itself is a melting pot of musical styles. And when it comes to composition, working with exciting musicians in Amsterdam, such as Ben van Gelder and Renier Bass, have really helped Sam with the discipline of composition and taught him to treat it as a really serious part of your life as a musician. But what is the result of that? How has Sam gone about developing his own sound? And just how would he describe it? I write as a composer and I improvise kind of in a way like a storyteller, I think. What would I want to happen next in kind of like the narrative, narrative of this song? I would describe my music as a combination of catchy or addictive melodies, colourful harmony and progressive rock energy. And I think developing the sound 
in my case, is largely down to having the right people around me. My band is really a collective effort and certainly not a vehicle for my own um, alto saxophone playing. We've been together for three years, which is, you know, a relatively long time for a jazz band. And a large part of what makes the sound is taking, you know, the germ of a composition to the band and experimenting with it in the band setting. So seeing what works with the musicians. So I think it's completely crucial to have the right people around that will give you positive criticism about stuff that you're bringing and kind of develop songs uh, in the rehearsal setting. For me, it's really important to take the path less well-traveled. Kind of, I, I want my music to be different to an extent, but equally, I want to be true to myself and I want the music that I love and the music that influences me to come out in, in what I write. And I think probably that naturally happens. You're listening to the Jazz Matters podcast at jazzmatters.net. In 2019, Sam self-released his debut album, Blencathera, named after his favourite peak in England's Lake District, one which he has climbed many times as a child. Despite the challenges of releasing an entire album entirely off his own back, Sam just felt it was important to document the journey his band had been on until that point. The music itself, as the title would suggest, was inspired by his early life growing up in such a beautiful part of England, which also sees its fair share of harsh weather. The intensely personal feel to the album was something that resonated with the listener and the album received favourable reviews. Following on from Blencathra, Sam was awarded a grant to assist with his next album. Whilst this is always a welcome turn of events, the terms of the grant meant that the project had to be turned around very quickly, and earlier this year, just over 12 months from his debut album, Sam released Bogus Notice. The album's inspired by my experiences of going back home after having moved abroad. And I think compared to the first album, the music is much more sure of itself. It's filled with contrasts between different genres, different styles. And I think there's much more of a fearlessness in this music about using what makes me different. Um, so my background and my influences and what kind of music I like and kind of drawing that into the songs. Um, musically, I drew on a lot of different influences for this music and I think I took kind of more confident steps in presenting challenging or new ideas. I'm really overwhelmed with the positive responses we received. It's honestly, it's so nice to hear people from all over the world say that the stories and the music resonate with them, um, you know, despite completely divergent backgrounds. People also seem to have a real thirst for something that's different and for something that follows a less well-trodden path, which is great to hear because that's kind of what I'm going for with the, with the album. The recording itself was delayed by two months uh, due to travel restrictions surrounding COVID-19. So when the album was released, of course, I was incredibly proud um, that we'd managed to put it together under the circumstances. And 
you know, I'm really lucky that something so positive has come out of such a tricky time. Most artists find that the constant hard work and promotion is interspersed with moments of personal gravity that really make you sit up and appreciate that the hard work might actually be paying off. A huge moment for Sam was winning the Keep an Eye the Records Award, an award which looks to propel graduates from across the Dutch conservatories into their music career, with a €10,000 grant to produce their first albums. And another moment for Sam, strangely for a Yorkshire lad who lives in Amsterdam, came in a great little jazz club in East London. Releasing my debut album, Blencathra, to a sold-out Vortex jazz club in December 2019. I've seen some incredible performances in that club and uh, been able to play that stage and present my own original music and my first album was incredible. And um, the response we got from the audience really made me feel like uh, we were going somewhere. So that was wonderful. And finally, a very special moment has been over the past few months where I am increasingly seeing the press show a real interest in myself and my new album. I've been featured in a few magazine articles recently, uh, as well as podcasts and radio shows. And it's just really wonderful to see people interested in what, um, you know, the music I produce and the stories I have to tell. So I'm incredibly grateful for that. And it really feels special that people want to hear what I have to say. The Keep an Eye Award came at a very fortunate time for Sam. Just as the world came to a sudden and abrupt halt, Sam actually had a project that would fill the void left by his now empty diary. So, after a year of writing, recording and releasing new music, connecting with friends old and new, and working hard on his own playing, what does Sam hope the next 12 months has in store? I think we have an uncertain few months ahead of us, but nevertheless, we are hoping to be able to tour uh, our new album Bogus Notice as soon as gigs start happening again we already have quite a few live dates booked for summer 2021 and early 2022 and I'm hoping, really hoping to be able to organise a UK tour as part of that, that would really be wonderful we really can't wait to play all this new music for you and present our new album um, and fingers crossed we'll be able to do that over the next 12 months
And that is a track called Concrete Caterpillar from the new album Bogus Notus from Sam Newbold. And that brings us on to the final straight of this episode. My thanks, of course, go to Sam for giving up his time to be a part of the Jazz Matters podcast. And if you'd like to find out more about his story or his music, you can visit his website, samnewbold.com. And of course, I will put that link and the link to Sam's social media in the podcast show notes if you're listening on a podcast app. And don't forget, as well as the podcast, there's loads more going on under the Jazz Matters banner with a weekly radio show, The London Jazz Review, playing every Saturday on Jazz Bites Radio. And as I mentioned previously, the return of live events. I have already announced the headliners for this year's Southend Jazz Festival, which I founded back in 2019. And I'm also working on some other live projects, big and small, which I hope to be able to share with you all soon. And for more information on all of that, you can head over to jazzmatters.net and you can also find us across social media. Just search for Jazz Matters and look for that blue logo. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share. It costs nothing, but it really helps so much. So thank you so much in advance for that. And just one more final request from me. If you're listening on a podcast app, please, please take a moment to rate and review the Jazz Matters podcast as it really does help us reach even more people. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode. I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with another great guest here on the podcast. But until then, thank you for listening and goodbye.